Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener. You'll have ad-free episodes and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. It's good? All right, cool. And I do this obnoxious thing at first. Welcome back to the We Are LA Tech podcast. You guys are stoked. We are about to have Tesloop as our next LA startup spotlight. Tesloop is awesome. We've even partnered with them for the We Are LA Tech Experience Club. So we've I've gotten to personally experience being a part of the Tesloop drive. It's so cool, so convenient. Raul, tell us more. What is Tesloop? Who are you and what is Tesloop? Yeah, so um, I've been in L.A. for about eight years. Uh, This is my third startup that I'm working on. And Tesloop is offering long-distance city-to-city travel. And our focus is really sustainable transportation. So we let you book a seat in a Tesla going from L.A. or Orange County to Las Vegas or to Palm Springs. And it's affordable between like $40 and $100 typically. And it's um, amazing because you get food and drinks and charging and pillows and great music and heated seats. And you're in a Tesla, which is the safest car in the world. It's gorgeous. And what is your role? Um, I'm a co-founder and the CEO. Amazing. And what would you say you do as a co-founder and CEO? Uh, So I think the most important thing you do is you really kind of set the direction of what you're trying to do, what your goals are, what your mission of the company is, and then you try to convince everybody else uh, that that makes sense from investors to coworkers to, you know, people you're trying to recruit um, and even your customers that your your proposition makes sense to them. Where in LA is Tesla based? Um, so we are located in uh, the offices of March Capital in uh, Santa Monica on Lincoln and Arizona. Oh, I know March. At least used to be with March. What? Uh, where are you from? LA? Uh, no, I grew up in Michigan, but I was in Seattle a long time. I used to work at Adobe and Microsoft, um, and then did my first startup up there. And what? What brought you to LA? Um, a Honda minivan. <laughs> Uh, no, actually, like um, when I sold my um, uh, first company to Comcast, I stayed for a while and then it was time to go and really was seeking um, sunny weather and uh, headed south. And what was your first company? Uh, my first company was called The Platform and we were a kind of industrial strength video back-end plumbing system for most of the really big deployments uh, on the internet like uh, Microsoft, Comcast, Verizon, Hulu, ABC News, CNBC, those types of people. And what was your role with that company? Um, So, again, I came up with the idea, conceived it, founded it, um, led it, you know, had a, we had a bunch of ups and downs and we went through a few mergers and such, so I had a a variety of uh, different roles, but it was kind of um, a small co-founding team that was leading it. Are you able to share, I know you've had quite a few companies, are you able to share, because I know everybody was like, it's pretty pleased to ask this, uh, one of your biggest acquisitions that you're the most proud of? 
acquisitions. Well, yeah. we never did like big acquisitions. The the company, the platform, got acquired by Comcast for a little over a hundred million dollars. So that was after six years, and it was at a time when that was kind of cheap because I think four months later YouTube got acquired for a billion and a half or something. So. Um, you know, along the way, we made a couple of very small acquisitions, but they were, you know, just kind of little private company stock trades, so nothing too notable. You didn't create the concept of Test Loop, correct? Uh, that's right. Um, uh, our founder is a 16-year-old high school student who came up with the idea to do it for a summer job. Uh, like any good entrepreneur, I kind of stole the idea, <laughs> and, uh, oh my gosh. and he's he's working at the company now and does all of our public facing evangelism. So um, he's also still in high school, so he's got a lot on his plate with college apps and everything. A but, lot of responsibility. Um, yeah. So um, so I was left to run the company. <laughs> but what what is it about? Because you've run many companies now. So what is it about this company that you say it's a it's a winning choice? Yeah. Well, I, I think the common thing with all my companies is there was some big like technological change. Like in the first one, it was digital media. Like I saw the MP3s had, you know, hit the market. And when I, as soon as I played my first MP3, I realized that, oh, this is going to change everything. This is going to enable music subscriptions and everything to go online. Um, we ended up being a video company for legal reasons because the, the, the legalities around music were too complicated. The, um, the second company was around the mobile phone and GPS, which I thought really having your location always known would be transformative. And, and this third one, I think, is a much bigger deal, which is around um, the car both becoming electric and autonomous, like self driving. And I mean, I think the the thing about this company is I, I, the real inspiration has been Tesla and what they are doing. And we really feel that they are creating a platform kind of like the iPhone did. And we are building an application on top of that kind of like Instagram. So, um, you know, our focus is this kind of long distance um, human transport in Tesla's. Um, and you know, I, I think the amazing thing is just the speed at which the capabilities and technologies and economics are advancing on the Teslas is really unprecedented. One of my favorite things about the Test Loop experience was the Test Loop concierge. Yeah. So I think, you know, uh, other than Tesla, a lot of our inspiration comes from Amazon, which is really, you know, a company that provides you incredible customer service that, you know, always works to make sure things are um, cheap, convenient. You have a lot of selection. And, and I think, you know, in transportation, the when you're going a long distance, it's much different than an Uber. An Uber, if it doesn't come, you get another one. But if you're waiting by the side of the road in, uh, you know, Palm Desert, you want to make sure your car comes. You want to make sure you have great service and you want to make sure when you get in there that, you know, you understand what's going on because it's kind of a new concept. So we, we focus a lot on customer service through our concierge. How many people are on your team? Um, so we have about uh, 14 people now uh, kind of doing... That's bigger when I even... Yeah. Had the experience, right? Growing quickly, business-related stuff. And then we have another uh, about that many uh, drivers who just do driving. And everybody in the company who's over 25 also does driving. So I'm driving tomorrow to (laughs) Las Vegas. Um, And yeah, so... You know, some of those people are part time, you know, doing customer service. And uh, we have what's called ground control where you monitor the cars remotely and eventually we'll be completely operating them remotely. That's what I was going to say. 
the thing about Tesla is it drives itself. So when you say driver, what does that mean in context to Tesloop? Yeah. So so the way like self-driving is going to play out is for the next four to five years, you're going to need a licensed driver behind the wheel and probably with hands on the wheel. That's the current regulations. And we expect those to uh, last in the U.S. for a while. So the driver is there with the hands on the wheel. Now the, the car steers itself, the car, the brakes, the car accelerates. And currently, I'd say when you're going to like Las Vegas, maybe once you're on the highway, about 98% of the way, you can be pretty confident that the autopilot is you know going to do everything it needs to do. But you never know when some unexpected situation is going to become up. So you have to be alert and ready to, you know, take over to steer the car and such. So the driver really now has a critical role. And the combination of an alert driver plus the autopilot is incredibly safe because you're not going to go outside of the lane. You're not going to rear end a car in front of you with the autopilot. It, it's much better as a computer than a human at those types of things. But on unexpected situations, um, the humans currently are much better. Now, we think um, with Tesla's I new... Think- I think this may be one of the only times humans outperform machines. <laughs> well, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of things humans are still good at, but the machines are catching up rapidly. Just and, we, and we think we think by the end of next year, the car will on the highway drive better than almost any human. Um, and we think, you know, give it one more year and it will drive everywhere better than every human at a technical level, though you still probably will be required to have a licensed driver with their hands on the wheel. One thing I heard in a documentary, which was really interesting, is because it's a self-driving car and can collect data, um, there's no better way to be have more efficient driving roads or whatever you're going to call it, then being able to put all that data together to know, you know, what really does happen because there's no data when a human is behind the wheel and a human's control. Everything's a variable at all times. Yeah. So, so I mean, it's, it's, that, that's a really interesting kind of point. And a few things are happening there. One is like every Tesla now, whether a human is driving it or the car is driving itself, whether you have that on and off, is collecting a massive amount of data. And it's actually interesting because now, when you are driving in a Tesla kind of manually, the car is learning how you are driving based on the conditions around it. So it can actually use that to teach the computerized driving what to do. And then like we collect, we query the cars every second and get all sorts of data from them, how fast they're going, which direction, the heat, the temperature inside and outside, or the doors open and the doors closed. So we can use that to get really smart about, you know, energy management on the battery about alerts, if we think anything's unsafe, about you know people getting lost and off track. So um, yeah, the amount of data being collected is pretty crazy. I mean, I read that Tesla just you know bought like a 2.5 petabyte like hardware system to store all that data that they're collecting, and and the rate at which data collection is increasing, you know, is kind of exponential because there are just more and more cars, and they're each getting more and more data. You now have eight cameras on a car versus a month ago you had one camera so it's a um the the processor now is 40 times more powerful than it was a month ago and so it's so just wild how how did you scale i mean you went from zero people to 14 and then plus them some not including drivers and all that who was your first hire and then how did you scale from there like and you're continuing to scale so what are you looking for yeah so i mean we had a a, a small 
team, we were actually working on a different startup that had to do with remote photography. And then when Haydn kind of came up with this idea and we, um, you know, went to the Tesla shareholders meeting and Elon Musk said that in three years you'll be able to fall asleep in your car, that was kind of our impetus to um, all switch over to Tesloop. So we came as a you know, founding team and joined Haydn. And um, you know, I think what we're really looking for now is we're looking for people who are just incredibly excited about the concept of sustainable transportation, about electric cars, about self-driving. And we really think we're one of the you know, very few companies that are um, you know, kind of leveraging that to the degree it can and have a plan to rapidly scale that out. And, and that's because Tesla is really the only platform that's going to rapidly scale with autonomy uh, in the next uh, couple of years. So, you know, we look for people who just love that idea and, um, you know, who are super excited about it because, you know, we're still kind of scrappy. We haven't raised a ton of money or anything. So we're, you know, kind of in the beginning of the company, it's all about the culture and just about the excitement and people coming to do it, not because of the salary, but rather because they really want to see this type of thing happen and are excited about being part of the, the, the evolution of it. What inspired Haydn to create Tesloop? Oh, he just needed a car for the summer. So he was... Uh, <laughs> He was trying to find a way to get a car and, um, yeah, that, you know, kind of led to needing to get a job, which then led to... Needing to get a Tesla? Like, <laughs> uh, Well, the idea was, um, you know, there was a three-month um, kind of no-questions-asked return policy on leasing a Tesla. So the idea was um, he could get one, try it out, try this business, and get if it didn't out. work, um, he could then uh, return the car. And so... That was the um, start of it. And, you know, then it got into all the logistics and, and such. That's so crazy. Um, and Hayden will be joining, joining us, too, on another episode of the We Are LA Tech podcast. So you'll be able to hear the story from his own words. How has L.A. helped you accelerate the growth of Tesloop so far? Yeah, so it's really interesting. Um, I mean, I think a lot of people, you know, are... I, I think accurately uh, convinced that, you know, San Francisco has a lot of advantages in terms of building a tech company. But in this case, when you're talking about long distance transportation, like L.A. is, um, you know, one of the best markets because there's a lot of places that are in our distance range to travel to, you know, whether it's Las Vegas or Palm Springs or San Diego or Santa Barbara or potentially even like Fresno or Bakersfield. Whereas in San Francisco, there's almost nowhere that like a lot of people go in that um, range distance. So we think like this type of company um, is kind of, you know, either coming out of Austin or L.A. And, um, uh, you know, if, if there were all those companies around San Francisco, probably there'd be five people doing it up there. But, you know, currently nobody else is pursuing this. And so just the topology of L.A. is really well suited for our business. What resources in L.A. do you recommend to someone looking to dive into the tech community or just start their own business? L.A. is getting to the point where there's now enough just activities. If you look on, you know, Facebook uh, meetings or like cross campuses uh, calendar or, you know, just other kind of tech events, there's so much going on that you can, 
you know, meet a lot of people who are in the space. Now, I think I, I find like if you compare LA to the Bay Area that a lot of the efforts people are working on here are not um you know, necessarily going to be big, huge companies, which is fine. I mean, it's it's perfectly reasonable to um, build meaningful small companies, but they tend to be harder to like venture finance and scale up and things like that. But I mean, I think the most important thing is to to get out there. And then really, you know, if you're interested in tech, my feeling is you can always like try something for very little time and very little effort um, kind of in the most minimum way, which might just be taking out some Facebook ads to see if anybody cares about your idea and collecting an email. Like if you just do that, it'll take you two hours and 50 bucks and you'll have a ton of data on your idea. So I think, you know, meeting people, talking to them about your idea, uh, finding some people to work with, and then just trying the very, very minimum thing before you dive head in is is the best uh, path. And you were talking about that there's a ton of events accessible. And as you guys know, you could go to the We Are LA Tech mobile app, wearelatech.com slash app, and see every single community organizer's events going on. So no matter whether it be cross-campus, rock, or whatever other we work. All the co-working spaces, all the community events, they're all on the We Are LA Tech mobile app calendar. Super easy. But what is the, is there one particular event that you think is a must-attend in the city, not to miss? I wouldn't say for me there's any – I mean, I think it really depends what space you're in. Like if you're into autonomous cars, you want to go to the automobility, you know, L.A auto show. But if you're into artificial intelligence, there's going to be something else. And if you're into on-demand services, there's, you know, something else. So I think like the the tech space now is so big, there's not like one thing that I think is appropriate for everybody. What, what LA tech companies or talent have you come across lately? Just one that have really impressed you? Well, um, the, the I, I think the most impressive company down here by far is maybe not quite a startup anymore, but like SpaceX, when you look at what they're doing, it just is so astounding. And the thing that really um, amazes me about SpaceX, and I've, I've happened to have the good fortune to drive um, a few people from there out to Vegas, so I get them in a car for like four hours. And, and what is SpaceX? Them. So SpaceX is um, Elon Musk's uh, main company. Uh, <laughs> That is um, building rockets, and their mission is to colonize Mars. So they have now invented the reusable rocket, uh, and they build them right here in um, Hawthorne. Uh, and the factory is completely amazing. If you know anybody who works there, um, beg them to take you on a tour. And, um, you know, just the scale at which they're operating and the like, you know, audacity of the mission, you know, they're going to start basically a cargo service um, in 2018 to Mars every two years forever. And, you know, anybody who wants to send something to Mars is going to be able to do that. So it's kind of like the railroad almost that they are um, building to Mars. And um, yeah, and, and the thing that amazes me about them is just the passion of the people there for the the mission. It's, you know, really 
I, I think the most important thing with any startup is getting people who really, really care about what you're doing. And if the idea is interesting and big and powerful and beneficial enough, then people latch on to that. And I think there's like no better example than SpaceX for that. A hundred percent. And if you had one ask of the community, there's thousands of people listening. So something that they could do to support you in moving Test Loop forward, what would that ask be? Yeah, I mean, our ask is really simple. Like, we just want you to try the service to, you know, go out to Palm Springs for a day or a weekend. And then we find that once people um, experience these cars, once they try them, they inherently just tell everybody, you know, they know about them. So, like, 80% of our um, customer acquisition comes from word of mouth, you know, with the rest coming from pretty much Facebook ads. And, uh, you know, the I, I, I think once you try electric cars that are self-driving, it becomes really obvious why this is the future. And, um, you know, for us, just getting the word out is the, the most important thing. And now I, I've had the fortune of trying out Test Loop. And so if I wanted to book a trip to Palm Springs, can I do that on a mobile app or do I have to do that via the website? How would I go yeah, about so doing you, that? So you just go to testloop.com and then you can book it there or you can call us up. Um, just kind of like you would uh, airline booking. You make it at a particular time and you pick your seat and, you know, it varies in price a little bit day to day. Um, so it's super simple. It takes about, you know, three minutes to pick that. And we pick you up along the route so you don't have to um, necessarily, you know, go to a central spot like an airport or a bus terminal or anything. So if you're in, you know, Pasadena or Pomona, you just go to a Starbucks near there and wait for us and we, you know, get you and you're on your way. You can Wi-Fi the whole way or sleep or socialize. And do you have a accessible phone number that you're comfortable sharing with everybody in case they want to book a ride or have questions? Yeah, so you can um, also call us and the number is 818-330-6446. That's 818-330-6446. Um, and the interesting thing we found is that having phone customer service is an incredible way to learn a ton about what your customers want. Because on the website, you know, they'll either come or they'll go, they'll book, they won't book, but you know, you won't know why they didn't book or, you know, what specifically they want. So while phone service is very kind of labor intensive, um, I think it's a great idea for early companies to have. And then, you know, once you figure things out, you can reduce that or scale it back or something. But um, we really find that we've, we've learned a ton by, by offering that. Totally. I, uh, I, I love phone customer service. It's actually been proven that if you have your phone number on the top right of your website, like you get more people that even just trust your brand, even if they never call the number. Uh, I, like I mentioned, I've been in a test loop. I've experienced it. You guys get to have like snacks in there. You have a concierge. You have a really custom, a comfortable ride. Um, I got to be in one that had the like cool futuristic flying side doors. What are they, those called? Yeah, they call them falcon wing doors. Yeah, it's so rad. Um, it's a great experience. It's it's a hundred percent great experience. Well, how can people connect with you? I'm on LinkedIn. You can uh, connect with me there, or just email me at testloop. Just my first name at testloop. So R A H U L. You can email into support, and it'll come to me if you ask for it. So, uh, yeah, we're we're really interested in you know people who are 
interested in potentially participating in the company in the future or who want to learn more about the service. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing the Test Loop story with We Are LA Tech. I am so thrilled to continuously bring you amazing, extraordinary people in the LA Tech community doing innovative things. It's awesome. Remember, if you want to connect with more people like Raul further, we have that incredible private chat where everybody's super collaborative, supporting one another at wearelatech.com slash VIP. Or if you want to kind of get offline and have more experiences like we had with TestLoop, go to wearelatech.com slash club. That's wearelatech.com slash club. There you can go on escape rooms. You could do horseback rides. You could do wine and paint nights. It's really killer. It's awesome. You guys, I will see you guys, hear you guys, talk to you guys in the next episode. Bye. And thank you so much, Esprit. Of course. Huge shout out and thank you to Betalist. Betalist is amazing. I've used Betalist for my past startups. Betalist gains you early traction to your startup while it's still in beta. Go to betalist.com slash we are LA tech. That's betalist.com slash we are LA tech. Thank you for powering the We Are LA Tech podcast. To get text alerts when new episodes come out, text 310-872-2423. That's 310 310- Eight seven two two four two three. We are LA Tech, hosted by Spree Devora, has been a WeAreTech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener at WeAreLATech.love. Linked in the show notes.